this is the time out of all the years that I've been doing it. Like this is the time for me to excel. Like I needed all of that experience, all of the hardships, all of the opportunities and blessings. I needed all of this whole package of the journey that was that was created and given to me. I needed to be at this point now where I'm like, okay, this is my time. You're listening to All In, a podcast brought to you by the Refined Gentleman's Lifestyle Lounge, powered by Podcast Network Asia. In this episode, Noel sits down and talks to Christopher Catral, aka February Bank, a passionate and inspiring philam from San Jose that's taking the Manila hip hop world by storm. Listen to why living authentically and unapologetically is the only way he chooses to live. This is All In. Good to meet you, brother. Hey, how's it going, Noel? Good. So how are you doing? How are you, how are you handling this whole crazy new world? I mean, it's interesting because it's been so long now. Um, what, um, like maybe two, two months and almost two and a half months were going on, like this lockdown quarantine so before that my parents were here with me i live uh you know in a, a one-bedroom condo here in bgc uh my parents had came out i think maybe late january my birthday's like early february on february 5th so they came out to come visit me um i haven't seen my mom and dad since 2018 so they came out to visit me and they stayed with me which is always nice, you know, because like as you get older, I've been living on my own and been independent for a long time, you know, definitely uh, more traditional to like, you know, the, I guess, Western culture, or maybe American ways, like where, you know, uh, after after college or, you know, around college, dad starts to get a little bit annoyed of you and like, <laughs> get the fuck out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like... He's like, you gotta, you gotta give me and your mom privacy. We we had you in the house for too long, and it's yeah. funny to move to the Philippines and kind of see how it's different here. Oh, um, it's so different here. You know, man. there there so are different. some there are some pros and cons, but um, you know, my stubborn ass usually looks at the cons regarding this because it's like uh, the ways of life here are so different, and like you start to. Just, you know, notice like certain differences that kind of irk you, you know, being mm -hmm. obviously Filipino, Pinoy, but like born and raised in a different country. So getting back to what I was saying, like my mom and dad, like, so they came out and they're staying with me uh, and they're here for two months. And like right when coronavirus became kind of a thing, I remember I had like went to the gym early morning and, you know, the NBA player Rudy Gobert found out like they... They put it out there that Rudy Gobert got coronavirus. So I came yeah. back from the gym like, Mom, like, yo, this this shit's real, you know? Because before that, I was like, man, what's all this talk about this virus, virus, virus? And, you know, not to be just one of those people that's like, okay, a superstar got it. But, you know, I'm big on sports. So I'm like, okay, fucking they, they shut the game down. They're about to, like, shut down the league, right? So I'm like, oh, shit, it must be that serious then because the NBA is a big money, big, big money maker. You know, yeah, and yeah. not just the big sport in North America, but in internationally, you know. So, yeah. So when, once once this kind of hit, my mom and dad were like, you know, we're out. <laughs> we're going back. <laughs> did, you, did you ever think like, of going oh, with them? Did you ever think of going back with them? I didn't. I mean, I could break down that story maybe a little bit later. 
but mm-hmm. I had gotten into like a really, really good flow. Yeah. Um, for what it is I wanted to do, um, especially like the music. So like while my parents were here and I gave them credit, right? So I'm like, yo, while you guys have been here, I've been just like super focused, you know? And I think it was me just kind of feeling pressured too, because you know, when you're, when you're an independent and you're living away from your immediate family, you know, you start to like, take a little bit more risks. You don't have someone breathing down your neck. So you live life kind of, you know, yeah. for me, a little bit more wild, right? Because you, you don't have to report to anybody. You know, you don't have, uh, you don't have to worry about what your parents are going to say for coming home late or, yeah, yeah. you know, why it is that I'm, I'm, I'm at home working because, you know, for the old school heads, like being at home, that doesn't mean you're working when really you can accomplish so much now. Just being yeah. at home. Yeah. So yeah, um, I was just like in a in an awesome groove. So when coronavirus hit, you know, I I wanted to finish my projects. Um, you couldn't. A global pandemic wasn't gonna pull me away from like finishing this album that I'm about to release. Um, plus, I just kind of had enough of my mom and dad. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's cool being around parents, but when you're under the same roof for so long and you don't really have that separation. Like, yeah. You, you kind of need space after a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they had went home literally. You know, Do you remember? I think it was March 16th. March 16th, they yeah. Had announced, they had announced the travel ban, right? And I didn't know if that was going to be for real, too, because that morning, right, March 16th, that morning, my parents had to go to the airport, like, at maybe 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. So I, uh, I, pull, I pull out my smartphone, open up the Grab app, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, I can't book them a ride, you know? Yeah. So luckily, I had, I had somebody on the ride for emergency situations to, like, take my parents to the airport. But I think my parents left, like, really right at the right time because, like, it, it's pretty strict here. It hasn't been that strict. You've seen the news and what we're yeah. seeing on social media. Like, seems like these Americans are... No. are all about doing whatever the fuck they want to do you know and you i know, knew i i saw that coming i saw that coming from a mile away because of the whole you know infringement of my freedom kind of stance in north america it's a big thing right being free and and not being the sheep kind of thing um so like i said it's it's one of those things that it's really i'm kind of i can see where they're coming from but at the same time there has to be a respect for others it's not about ourselves I mean, Toronto just hit the same thing. They had a, a, a really hot weekend and the parks were full. Like one of those parks, it was all over the news. It was full of millennials just frigging drinking it back and celebrating like a sunny day. And it's like, no, it's not about that. And they were interviewing some of them and were like, why are you out here? Don't you believe about the coronavirus? Because no, we believe it, but we're young. It doesn't hit us. It's like, it's yeah. not, that's, not a, that's not what it's about. It's about, you know, protecting other people. You know, that's what I learned. I think in the beginning, I was the same way. I'm like, oh, this is just like the flu. What are they doing? And then it just day by day, it started changing. And, and then the thing that really woke me up is I, somebody said, you have to treat like you already are contagious, like you already have it. Even though you have no symptoms, you have to protect the people around you. And that's when I realized, okay, put the mask on, you know, do this, you know. But I think it's just like a North American, North American kind of mindset of, 
this is my freedom. I can do whatever I want to do kind of thing. Right. And we'll see. I mean, their, their numbers are freaking skyrocketing ever since the reopening. Like I think last night was 4,500 new cases in the States and they're still reopening. Right. And it's scary as fuck, man. And, and it's now proving it's not like the flu people are, yeah. you know, catching it. So I think it's just, it's the new norm, but going back to what you're saying, it's, I think you not stop letting the pandemic kind of stop you, man. What's amazing is that's the same trait all these entrepreneurs have. They, they're actually, they take this opportunity to say, okay, here it is. Here's the situation. How do I adapt? How do I take advantage of it? Boom. And then go after it. And that's the one thing I really respect, you know, what you do creatively as an entertainer and as a rapper. And I think Jay-Z did this. You guys are business people. And that's what's amazing. Before it was like people just rapping, you know, Eric, uh, Eric B and Rakima, all that kind of old school. It was just like rapping and just, you know, telling their story. But I think the one I remember is Jay-Z taking it to the next freaking level of becoming a business. And the one thing I've noticed with Drake and yourself, like you see this as a business also. You see it as your creative, but you're also doing what you love to do, but it's a business also. And you know how to, to take advantage, tell the story, but also how to run it like a business, a big corporation. And I'm, every time I see that, like, you know, I'm from Toronto, so I talk about Drake and I love Drake. So just the way he's building his, his, his corporation. And I think what Jay-Z kind of taught all the rappers and entertainers, like, no, man, this is big. Like you can take it into fashion, to shoes, to whatever. There's no limits. Right. And that's what I see in you. Like, that's, that's interesting. That's why I wanted to have this conversation with you is like, there's, there's something about you. I've kind of watched a few videos and I didn't want to get to know too much about you because I want this to be a very authentic conversation. I met you once before at the Refine because I think uh, yeah. Chef Eric was there and he was DJ and you came by. I remember you clear because we didn't really talk. We just kind of said hello, got introduced and that's it. The one thing that I noticed about you is I, I saw you once in like at the Refine. It was already late. And you were by yourself practicing something. You were kind of rapping and going through the motions of your art. And I'm like, wow, like no one's even watching. And this guy's still freaking practicing. Like you were just on your own on the corner. I remember that. I'm like, what is he doing? And that was to me full respect. I'm like, this guy, he lives and breathes his, his art and his, you know, his passion. And that's when, when uh, I, Victoria said to give you, you know, to have a chat with you. I said automatically, yeah, man, I have to talk to this guy because that's that you have something that a lot of people are still searching for is that you got, you live that passion. There's no, there's no, you're unapologetic to it. Like you were practicing yeah. when nobody was watching, just like Michael Jordan, like Kobe, all the greats. You did that. And I'm like, there he is. So they tell me, man, like, let's rewind, rewind, rewind. Why the Philippines, bro? Why, like, I, I, I asked this all to all the, like, Phil Ams and Phil Cans and Euro Europeans. Why do we choose the Philippines? I know the answer for myself, but what's your answer? Yeah, it's funny because, like, the story doesn't change. You know, usually, like, you start, people ask you, you, you tell a story to, like, new friends, a new crowd when you get interviewed. And I've been here almost four years now. And like the story has never changed, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you would think I would add something. Oh yeah, yeah this is why I'm 
the fucking Philippines. <laughs> but it was really this. So like to keep it kind of simple, I had I had I'm from the Bay Area, California. Yeah. Moved around a lot to different places in the United States growing up. So I was like always used to like switching environments, going to a new school, being the the new kid, being the only Filipino, being the only Asian, right? Uh, making new friends, all of that stuff. It was, I was put in new situations where I had to press reset and say, okay, well, I got to adapt, adapt to this new environment and make it work, right? Um, so I was from California, moved to Montana, uh, Connecticut, uh, back to California, finished college, decided to move out to Korea. Um, this was like 2008. Um, moved out to Korea. And in, when I was in Korea, I wanted to go to the Philippines just like as an, my own personal trip. So at that time, it was only my second time in the Philippines. The first time was, was I think 2001 or 2002. And I came obviously with my immediate family and some of my aunts and uncles and cousins, right? It was like a big family thing, us from California going to the Philippines together. So when I was in Korea, I lived in Seoul, South Korea. I decided to book a ticket to the Philippines and the point was to just explore the Philippines on my own for the very first time, right? On that trip, it was weird because of the location that this, this uh, experience that I'm about to explain where it happened because it's so close to my physical being right now. So I was walking around here in BGC and uh, just across the street. So I live like by Essamora, like to, uh, to Surendra, like right across from Essamora. So right across the street, there's a, a, a residence called South of Market residence <laughs> and Infinity Building. Yeah. So I'm, I'm walking and this is 2000 and I'm sorry. So I moved to Korea 2008. This is 2013. Now I'm still yeah. living in Korea. Right. Yeah. Came out here early 2013 and walking around outside in BGC. And then I had this kind of moment and I know the exact corner cause I walked by it two days ago. And it's funny cause I walked by it two days ago while I was talking to Victoria after <laughs> she read my tarot cards like she did a tarot card reading on me yeah, yeah. and she had mentioned this moment and I was walking right by it so it was weird to have that and now I'm talking about it again so I'm outside and I had this like for anyone out there like sometimes you have these moments where you feel like God is talking to you the universe your inner voice whatever that may be but it's an actual audible feeling sound when really it's not you know it's it's so it's like I was walking by and then I looked at the ground, I looked at the grass, I felt the wind and I thought about my ancestors and my history and my blood. And like, you know, like I was in the motherland, the Philippines, I'm fucking Filipino, I'm here. So I had this moment in my mind where I'm like, everything that I'm about right now is like what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling, right? Yeah. And in yeah. This, the voice in my head was like, yo, Chris, you got to move here someday. You're going to move here someday. So I had this moment where I had to check that voice. Like, it's no bullshit. I literally heard a voice, a, yeah, like yeah. an audible yeah. sounding voice that said, Chris, you need to move here. You will yeah. move here. So now I kept that with me. And I, at that moment, I decided, this is 2013. I decided I was going to move here. So this is just how amazing life can be when it comes to, number one, being patient. 
right? Number one, taking a step back and allowing whatever it is you believe in, maybe your life, the universe, God, whatever it is, like to, to let it take its own course and to know and follow your heart that when the pieces align together to jump on that, you know, they say this term, seize the day, jump yeah. on, that, on that moment and really capitalize on it before it slips away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I ended up moving to the Philippines three, three years later and to, to explain capitalizing the moment I had from Korea, I moved back to the United States. Korea was my first taste as a musician to be on a, be on an ad, be on a billboard, be on TV, like these types of things that you dream of as you're like coming up in this hip hop scene, being this underground artist, you know, yeah. starting off at the ciphers at a house party going to b-boy jams uh yeah. being at the corner at, at, at a rave where you don't want to listen to electronic music so all the rappers and hip-hop heads are kind of filtering like in this corner doing their own thing yeah. you know on drugs getting high feeling good about life whatever yeah so yeah man so like uh i, I lost my train of thought so i was getting to this point um that realization uh, yeah that real hmm. I was well, I can relate to if you when you come back to it when you remember, but yeah, I know exactly where you were because I lived at South the Market, right? So I know exactly the field, and there's something about that area. And I told this to my girlfriend. I was walking the dogs at one moment, and I already, you know, we've lived here already for a number of years. It's because I feel like that is the the borderline of behind you, which is South the Market BGC, which is North American kind of style. In front of you is that 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 village across the street where it's low income. It's you know it's very you know it's a diff that's the real Philippines. And then you see both sides and you're like, oh my god, I'm right in the middle. And it's like a representation of who we are as Phil Am and Philcans is that we have the North American behind us, which is the BGC North American style. But in front of us, that's the real Philippines, man. That we left behind, or or my parents decide to leave behind. And that's, I kind of had the same moment of this is, I need to pay forward. I need to take what I learned behind me from all the North America, like what I lived in North America and pay forward to the people in front of me and teach them what I learned. Because I was lucky enough and my parents were lucky enough to win the lottery, to go to North America, to get a better education, a better quote unquote life. But me coming back, that, that moment, I know exactly what the field you're in. I felt that too, because it's like, I have to give back. That was my reasoning is to give back and pay homage to what my parents did and say, thank you so much for, for sacrificing your life. When they were 21 years old, they left everything to go to Canada with nothing and to have a lot, a lot more and give us the opportunity. Now I'm giving back. So I can hundred percent relate to that voice that you heard in that area, man. It's, 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 it's amazing that you heard it too. But I think a lot of people hear that voice, but they just choose not to listen to it. You listen to it, and that's why you're so passionate about it. Thank you for that, for coming in and sharing that. So now I was talking about capitalizing on an opportunity when you feel like everything is just aligned. Yeah. So if I decided in 2013 that I wanted to move to the Philippines, I was still living in Korea. So ideally, the situation for me was like, you know what, let me figure out how to move from Korea to the Philippines and have a solid plan. I'm never the type of person just to make that move, you know, like 
you take risk along the way, but as you get older with more experience, more maturity, you take more calculated risks, right? Yeah. So I just didn't want to make that move. So what happened was I got in this whole crazy world of, of what the end, like I got sucked into the world of the bad side of entertainment, you know, where you have these evils like sex, right? A lot of women around drugs, right? And money, like, and all of that is just kind of like mixed in all these temptations, all these things that you have to make choices of. So being like this young kid that kind of got, uh, I don't want to say famous, but I got to that point where, you know, I'm, I'm living as a musician, I'm touring, I'm on TV, right? Because doing all that stuff, I still don't feel like I was famous, but technically to the public eye, I was because I was on big time TV shows in yeah. Korea too. What I mean? So I got sucked in and made some decisions that, you know, like, and I talk about this a lot, like they don't, nobody helps you out with this. I didn't have a Kuya or an older brother or just another person in the family that went into the music industry. That's like, yo, look out for these types of things, young mm -hmm. kid, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that getting sucked into this, the negative side of entertainment, that world, I had to just go back and reset in the States. So when I went back to the States, so now I didn't go to the Philippines like I planned, right? I went back to the U.S. When I went back, my dad, being my dad, he hurt me. He hurt me emotionally and spiritually because he gave me that tough love where he's like, you know what, Chris, now that you're back and you don't really have a plan because they thought I was doing so well, like I was doing well, but I had to detour with my mm -hmm. life and go back home and needed my parents help right and so now my dad's like well i really don't care about your dream anymore right and that hurts <laughs> like being being close with your parents having parents that are still together having a good bond with them when when, when your dad says that from man to a man yeah it's like you think as a son i'm like what fuck you don't think you don't believe in me anymore right so it hurt when he said i don't care about your dream anymore i just need you to work right because for any artist out there you got to understand they stay they say starving artists for a reason right the money's inconsistent right sometimes you don't get paid what you're worth yeah. and in this world when a lot of people are creative and talent you're sometimes you're hot and sometimes you're not you don't stay on top so you got to figure that out and be prepared along the way so now that i'm back home you know that i hurt me my I had to get a job. So like, well, a lot of people don't know. I share this, like I, I worked these jobs where I was on the assembly line. I was standing up for 12 hours a day wearing boots, having time lunches where, you know, like the bell would ring and I would only have 30 minutes to eat. So I would go from my assembly line and book it to the cafeteria because if I didn't run there, all the microwaves would be, will be taken up, which gives me less time to eat right, digest my food and kind of have a moment to myself before I have to get back on this assembly line while I'm standing up for 12 hours, right? Literally, literally. so I had these jobs, so like, you know, and when I say this, I was working for Tesla, we all know Tesla. Yeah. I was working for Tesla in Fremont, California. End up, I, I couldn't handle anymore because 12 hour shifts are really long, you yeah. know what I mean? So like, you know, I, I can get into this later, but when we, when we talk about these employees here, like that are working in the Philippines, like, yo, I could relate. I could relate yeah. being on my feet 12 hours a day, yeah. right? But you don't think that of me because I live in BGC, so I could have never struggled, right? Because oh, the, yeah. the typical, 
typical Filipino that's living in BGC is coming from like that, you know, that spoiled fucking mama's boy background where like you can't even wash your own toilet. You don't even do your own laundry type of shit. I talk yeah. shit about this because that shit irks me, yeah. you know? Because even in America, if you if you rich as hell and you have a mansion and Lamborghini, you're still cleaning your own damn toilet, you mm -hmm. know? So like... Anyway, so like, I've, that's a whole different conversation that we can have, brother. So <laughs> no, I love that. Again, I get passionate because when I talk, I'm talking to somebody that comes from the T dot, is coming from the six, and understands mm -hmm. kind of how we were raised. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, I feel I feel the same way, bro. I feel the same way. There's a lot of preconceived notions of how I live and what kind of life I live, but they don't see the fucking ugly and the hustle and the grind behind the scenes to get where we want to get, right? It's just like, hey, oh, you live in Tagig or you live in Akasha. Oh, life is easy for you. It's like, no, man, it's not. It's like, there's a yeah. lot of sacrifice, but those are the sacrifice we love. And you working at Tesla, it's, it's, you're telling me that story and I've had similar stories too, but I feel that's what's great about the universe or God, whatever you want to call it. They give you these opportunities of wake-up calls, you know, these moments of wake-up. To kind of figure out shit because you're not ready and that's one thing i realized is that i can guarantee you will be successful i just can't tell you when so until then you just have to be ready so you going through moments like that that's preparing you to be ready when it happens and that's how i always see my life whenever something's not working out like some you know even with this pandemic you know i have to give up and sacrifice some of the things but i look at it as like Oh, I have to do this. It's it's the admission that the price of admission to where I want to get in my legacy. And it's it's trained me, but when it was happening prior, you know, getting divorced and all that stuff, I mean that was fucking hell. But I had to go through that, just like you working at Tesla and the microwave man, you'll remember that. You remember every of those moments, and that's what you needed to remember because you're you've forgotten. God bless your dad, man. He reminded you that. Like I have the same kind of dad and mom. They support me, but they'll tell me straight up, like when I'm losing focus and I'm getting too big in my head, right? And yeah. that's, we need that, man. As I'm creative, like some people see as an entrepreneur, but I, I was an art director, so I was creative and I, I gravitate to people like you uh, with the creative passion. And I love, love speaking to someone like you because it brings that back out, man. That energy, man, that passion. I want you to tell me, man, like it is, frustrating that people think that way and they give you this oh this is how you live no man i just happen to live here that's not who i am yeah. right yeah 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 so man we can go on on, on that topic. <laughs> like that's that's more so now like i deal with these frustrations daily but let me put that aside for a little bit so now i'm working at tesla right yeah put that aside and like I get a company with a tech, I get a Silicon Valley. I'm from San Jose, so I'm from the heart of the Silicon Valley. I get yeah. a Silicon Valley tech job, great benefits, great salary, great commission, modern office, like everything that you needed in a job, like I had it, right? So I was working for this company and because I did so much with music and my passion in Korea, you know, when you're a new guy at the office, sometimes in order for you to fit in, it's like you just kind of want to show who you who you are and what you're about and where you came from, right? So I was like at this office showing people like, hey, check out my music video, 
You know what I mean? Check out my interview. Look, I was on TV. So when I was showing people this at, at my job, they would be like, yo, Chris, it, it, this looks amazing. Like, and then they, they all said, what happened? Right. And that always resonated with me. Like what happened? So now I'm, I'm working this good job. I'm in an environment I never thought I would be in. And I'm showing stuff that I'm proud of because that's really what I want to do. And people are like, what happened? What happened? Right. So I'm thinking, man, did I fuck up? Right. You know, did, did I make such wrong decisions that like the universe had put me here where I'm no longer being creative? I'm not in the studio. I'm not on stage. And so like during this job, like I let everything go. Like I literally thought, you know, cause I'm always in my head. I'm, I'm a deep thinker. I, I studied philosophy in high school. got a philosophy degree. So naturally I'm in my head yeah. trying to work out situations. And so I'm like, you know what? Maybe that was my run, you know, maybe starting as this underground artist going to Korea, getting a taste of fame. Maybe that was it. And this was a sign for me to just stop and go a different path, right? I convinced myself that was it. Now, then it got to a point where I'm working for the company for about a year, you know? And then, you know, hard workers usually go to the office early, avoid the morning commute. So I go to the office real early, 6.15, 6.30, right when the sun's about to, to rise. I'd be like me and two other people in the office. And I remember I'd be listening to music sometimes. I'd be on SoundCloud a lot, like just trying to explore. And then it would, I would get triggered to where I would cry, right? I literally cry and I would bawl. And yeah, I'm an emotional dude, but I was crying in front of my computer and it was almost like, fuck, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, I'm not, I'm not happy. And I'm, I'm yeah. the type of person that I'm never gonna live this life where I'm gonna look back and go, fuck, I should have tried, yeah. right? And so when I started crying, getting emotional, I, I fought, I fought inside my soul to be like, nah, fuck that, it's not over, yeah. Yeah. it's not over. And when, and it's funny, so when I made, I love sharing this story because when I look at it from the outside looking in, it's so, such an amazing story. Like, so now after these moments, I'm going, I'm going to the cafeteria and like from my, my work desk to the cafeteria, you, you, go by the main conference room, which is all glass windows. Yeah. So you can see into the conference room. So now there was, there's a dry erase board on, on uh, like probably this size in, a, in the conference room. So I'm walking over to grab my lunch because we had catered food all the time, right? So I'm trying to get, get my lunch. I walk by the conference room and the only thing I see on the board is one word. Someone had written Manila. What? Yeah. Can you hear me all right? Can no, I can't. No, I'm just like, what? It was like vanilla? Yeah. So like, like I said, I'm crying at my desk. Oh my God. I think maybe a, a week, a week or two later, a week or two later, I had walked by the conference room and I saw on the dry erase board only one big word and it was written <sighs> manila. So I walked by that. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? And then so... I go, I was in sales, right? I was in tech sales. So I go to my, my uh, sales director and I ask him like, yo, what is, why is, why did you guys write Manila on the board? They're like, oh, we're building a team in the Philippines. What? And I said, uh, I had my, my, I had my epiphany <laughs> right then and there. Bing. And so 
me being the guy, having the personality that I do and the hustler that I am, I was like, oh shit, remember in 2013, Chris, when you wanted to go to the Philippines and you wanted to make music in the Philippines? This might be your ticket in. So now I, since we, they were building a team, guess what I did? So I created this job. I was like, yo, I'm gonna, created this job position. I knocked on the door of my vice president of sales, went straight to his office, right? And yeah. people at my level don't knock directly on your vice president's door. It just doesn't happen in the corporate structure where you do that often. You know, if you have confidence, you will. But so I knock on his door and I'm like, look, I'm Filipino. I know you're building in the Philippines. Here's a job that I've created. Here are my roles and responsibilities. Just broke it down. Here's what I'm gonna accomplish the first quarter, second quarter, this type of shit happened. And he gave me the position. <laughs> and so now I'm like, oh shit, like I got a free ticket to the Philippines, right? And I'm gonna make US salary, direct deposit USD into my bank account while I'm living in the Philippines, shit, I'm set. Yeah. So I came and here's, here's the thing that I'm not, maybe I'm proud of, cause I get excited when I say this, it's not the right thing to do, but basically when, before I created that job position, when I saw Manila on the dry erase board, I knew that I was gonna make my way over to the Philippines and continue to make honest and loving music and rap. So I knew I was going to quit this job. So I basically created this whole thing for them to get me out here, knowing that I was going to leave my job eventually. Didn't tell that to my parents. I knew, yeah. right? Didn't tell that to obviously my boss and a lot of my coworkers, but my, my friends, people who support me, they knew. They knew what was up. They're like, yo, Chris is going to go there and he's going to fucking go for his dream because like, that's what Chris does, you know? And so now I'm here. God, so imagine, I love that like, story. that's a fucking. So imagine, story, imagine if I if I didn't work for that company, I don't think I would have been here talking to you right now. And now that I look at all the things that I've checked off this to do list, yeah, for myself since July 2016, I'm coming up on my four year anniversary. I look at it, I was like, wow, I did all of this extra shit connected to like my music, my creativity that I thought I was never going to do again when I had accepted in California that, okay, maybe my run for music is just at an end now and I just get a regular job, save up and just focus on my yeah. future in that way. Right. Yeah. So no, it's, it's, that's, it's cool. That's a, that's a cool, I love that story because the lesson learned there is you took an opportunity and, and went with it and, and you didn't, you know, there's one thing about visualizing and materializing and all that, put it out in the universe and all that stuff and the manila on yeah. the board, which is great. And there's always opportunities, the way I see it, there's always opportunities thrown at you. That's great. And everyone sees that or they try to see that. But what you did differently that a lot of people, like 95% of people don't do, is take the opportunity, what's in front of them, and run with it. You didn't wait for it to happen. You fucking created the shit happen. You went into the vice president land. Here, this is the thing. Da, 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 and you did it. And you got here in the Philippines. And that was your authentic. That's what you needed to do. And I, I applaud you for it. And I hope that people are listening that to, to, to learn that. Um, it's 
you can visualize all you fucking want, man. You can like it'll, the only way it materialize is you doing it. You'll get this opportunity a lot of them every day. But if you're gonna sit there wait for it the shit to happen, it's not gonna happen. You made that happen, man, and that's why you your that's your ticket to here was through Tesla, and you went all through. Oh man, I love that story, man, because that that gets me excited because it's like you recognize you recognize what was in front of you and you you ran with it and this is what i want people to do when i talk to to younger people you know because i feel i'm older and i give them advice the one thing i give advice is that you have to take control of your own life you have to be the author of your own fucking book don't let anybody write it don't wait for it to happen fucking go do it that's the difference between you and me i'm gonna go do it i'm not scared of failure if I fail, I'll figure out what went wrong and then I'll fix it and do it again. You did the same thing. You had a plan and you fucking went with it. And what's great about the universe, it didn't, it already had a plan for you to be back in Manila. You just have to take the longer route to it because it was necessary for you to pick up all this knowledge, man. And that's why you're so like, you're so, uh, so much on fire. Just, I can feel it just talking to you, man. Like it's different like when I speak to you and other people, I can see there's nothing stopping you. And I want other people to fucking feel that, man. I want that. And I love that story, man. That fucking, oh man, that gave me goosebumps when you said Manila was on the board. But what was bigger yeah. than that was you fucking took that opportunity and took control of it and wrote your own book and the own chapter. Nice, man. Well yeah, done. I think, I think it, thank you so much, man. I mean, I just got goosebumps just hearing all these kind words right now. So I appreciate the energy. Um, so I, I think the lesson that we can take from that, you know, for people that are tuning in and listening to this and are thinking about doing something that they really want to do is that you will be presented these opportunities along the way. If you decide that there's something that you want to do with your life. Right. Yeah, man. There's magic. Right? It's gonna it's gonna present itself. But like in the, in my case, yes, I saw Manila on the board, but that doesn't mean shit unless I did something about that. Right. Yeah. And I had to really, really, really put myself in front of these decision makers, create a job, basically convince these decision makers that you know what, let's send Chris out of all the people that are in this <laughs> office. Because yeah. within the history of this company, right, and it's a it's a pretty big company in the history of the company, they had never sent somebody abroad, right, in sales to work and, and pay them U.S. salary, right? Awesome. So even with that, like that was just a huge accomplishment in, in itself because I needed to think about that because you know this and i know this when you tell other filipinos especially fa your family member i'm gonna move from north america or whatever country i'm in i'm gonna move to the philippines a lot of them go to why yep. and yep. how are you gonna make money how yep. are you gonna make money right yep. so i mean like with my situation, I had to solidify that too. So even though I wanted to go to Manila, I needed to make sure that I was getting paid good enough money because I was eventually gonna be unemployed going 100% at being an artist, right? Yeah. Last night, you know, I had kind of, I was on a late conversation last night with my friend um, until maybe almost 4 a.m. And we had cut the call because I had, uh, you know, the early recording with you today, um, which I love. Like, I'm an early bird. 
But like before we got off the phone yesterday, we were just talking about, yeah. for me, I don't understand. Like it's confusing to me when I, when I look at other people's lives, I don't understand how you can choose the things that you are choosing. For example, you know, you have, as kids, we play on the playground, we have other kids around us, we watch TV, we get influence, and then you start to understand what it is you like, what it is that you might want to do, right? Some people even say, like, I'm going to be a president and at elementary, and who knows, that happens. But as a, as a kid, you have all of these dreams and all of these things that you would love to do, right? And you're so open about it. And then when you get older, like, these kind of things shift and all of a sudden you're just working at an office and you're an administrative assistant, yeah. right? And so I was telling my friend, like, I don't fucking care who's an administrative assistant. Much respect to anyone that's working to support families and all that. It's great. But you can't tell me that if you ask these people, oh, so when you were younger and in school, what you wrote down on that list of things you wanted to be, you wanted to be an administrative assistant. Yeah. Like, no, like, so I don't understand what happens to people, like, individually, that makes them take this route yeah. and, like, end up just being okay with something that, honestly, yeah. if you ask them truthfully, do you really want to do this? I bet you yeah. 90% is going to yeah. say no. Exactly. And I think that's, yeah, right? the I same thing. I don't get it, where they lost how, it. How do you? How do you live this type of life where you're going to look back and you know what? I did something I didn't want to do for all of my life. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I can't relate to that. And, you know, it's like, I know to each his own. So maybe I'm, I have pity or sadness for people who are this way, but maybe they yeah, like no, it. And I think so. Yeah, I think they do cool. like it. I, I know. For, they do like it. I learned it. that really quick because I, I obviously I had the same kind of thought process also because I can't relate to zombies in a in a subway car like when i took the train to toronto to go to work i hated going to work i was making six figures in the advertising world i had a amazing job like really crazy crazy amazing job i got to travel do commercials all that stuff but i i couldn't relate to the zombies of people just kind of in the train looking for it and just doing the same thing over and over again but then recently i got to meet a couple people and one in particular and i won't mention this this person, but they live a life that they're married. They have like three kids. They live in the suburbs. Uh, and he's been working at his same job for like over 20 years. He loves that. He fucking loves that job. He loves the life that he lives. While yeah. I'm here, a very similar job, paying a lot of money, married at the time with two kids and a dog, and something wasn't right. Right. So I think it is to each his own, and everyone has. Like I always say, when you go all in, it doesn't mean you have to be an entrepreneur or a business person or, or make a lot of money. All in meaning live authentically the life that you want to live. But you're right. I guarantee if you, you survey 90% of the people, they didn't say, oh, I want to be an administrative assistant or whatever. I, I, I want to just work here. I guarantee something went along, you know, got lost along the way. But the ones that want to leave I want to tell people the ones that are questioning that you can leave. You can like, I, I left a six figure paying job, a lot of money to do this, to live a fraction of what I was getting made, but I love my life. 
I love what we're doing and you love your life. You're not getting paid the same Tesla money, but you love your life because we're our authors. So whoever's listening that want to leave, you can. But the ones that are not questioning it, fuck all the power to you. You're, you're living all in also. You know what I mean? That's what I'm starting to learn really quickly is not to kind of like, oh, you know, this person, everybody wants to change because they want to live this life. Not everyone wants to live this life. We do. And that's fantastic. But we're here to inspire the ones that small percentage of people are actually starting to listen to their life and like, oh my God, I got to change. I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. I just want to do this. That's okay. And that's really weird in the Philippines not to have kids. You know what I mean? I don't want to have any more kids. Is, and, and I'm with my girlfriend. I live with her. We're not thinking of getting married anytime soon, if not ever. We're happy where we're at. Can't say never is never, but people put this, this thing as, oh, you have to get married. You have to have kids. Like, no, we don't. That's who made up that rule, right? And that's, I think, the realization now is we have to start realizing there is no set rules. Everyone has to live their life authentically, just like you are. And that person who, like, I always use the example of the gardener in our village. He probably makes not that much money, but he's probably the happiest person in his village. Every time I see him, he's like, hey, how are you? Hi. And he smiles. I'm like, he loves what he does. Right. So he's living authentically and all in, man. But I get your frustration because I sometimes want to shake people and say, you have so much fucking potential, but you're not listening because you're, you're listening to the, oh, this is how you're supposed to do it kind of rule. Right. So that's the same passion yeah. I have as you. I get fired up about that too, man. Yeah. And then, you know, I, you know, after I get fired up and I say it, you know, it just humbles me again where, you know, I am grateful for, for the freedom and the flex flexibility and, you know, the, the personality to, to, to have that confidence in myself to be like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try, yeah, right. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to fail. So these things that you kind of hear over and over and over again, like, yeah, these things are, are something to be grateful for because I think a lot of it, is people really just having doubting themselves yeah. right the like the uncertainty of what we're all experiencing right now during covid you know just like not knowing what's going to happen that scares people um but if you the cool thing is is just if you decide to just say you know what let me just try even just one time yeah. and you succeed and have these small success yeah. stories that really builds you know, your morale, that your, your self-confidence, like your, your, your hunger, sometimes that even shapes the way that you move forward with your journey in life because you said, you know what, I'm going to try this, put in work, and then, oh, wow, it's so satisfying when you do something and you feel like you earned it. You know, and I, I, I go to, for, for all these younger kids and people are thinking about going to college, all these college students out there, like, Remember, when you finally walk and you grab that diploma, they call your name and they give you that diploma. Yeah. It's, a, it's a feeling like no other, which is why I encourage everyone. When I finally have children and have a family, I'm going to encourage my kids to go to school because once that diploma's in your yeah. hand, nobody can ever take that piece Please of paper. Away. Even though it's a piece of paper, nobody can take that away because you know what? You put your head down. You went through all the stresses of your own yeah, personal yeah. life and college life for about four, four to five to six years, however long it took. And you did yeah. it like you accomplished it. And that's the best thing about college is that it teaches these younger kids that, 
hey, if I give you an assignment that's going to take four years yeah. long, are you going to exactly. be able to complete yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I get it. But what's right. great about the graduation, take, you know, running off with that one, is that I also see as that graduation, that diploma, through life, after you graduate and you're doing it right now, is that you do little graduations within yourself to go to the next level. So you might not get the actual physical paper, but but in the journey, you will get this yourself, graduate to the next level. I mean, that's my transition to you. Like, if you didn't go through the whole Tesla and everything that you've been going through and the hardships and ups and downs in Korea, I don't think you would be ready to kind of go on your own now with what you're doing now. Like you now are on the next journey and that the confidence that you've grown throughout your life and your journey is allowing you to say, you know what, I can do this. I can go solo now. And that's what's exciting that I'm talking to you now because you know, you, the, the journey that you're doing now is such a, it's a big thing, man. It's a scary thing, but now you're ready for it. And, and can you, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but that's kind of curious. Like what gave you that moment? What was that moment? Like, fuck, I'm going solo. I'm doing this. I, I gotta, I'm going to jump on this. What was that transition? Like, what was that? Was it the field at South America kind of moment or wasn't it, was it bigger than that? Or as not as big. And it's like, no, this is just part of the plan that I had already. Just like you had the plan at Tesla to go to the Philippines under Tesla, you already had a plan. How did that work out? Well, I think it's really just about my growth as an artist. You know what I mean? So like when I when I look at what I was enjoying doing as a musician, like I started off singing. Like I I was a singer, I was in choir, I had did musicals. So like at a young age, I was never really in a group. I tried doing a group thing once, but I was always so used to just doing everything on my own. So like when people look at me, they see the way that I talk and they know that like, obviously they see like the music that I put out. They feel like I'm such an extrovert, which I am in a sense because I'm a people person and I love talking to people. But I have such a private introvert side where I like doing everything on my own. So like if let me just talk about my experience here in the Philippines, like I've lived here for almost four years now. I feel like 90 percent of the time, you know, I've been doing things by myself, eat by myself, write music by myself, explore the Philippines by myself. So. I don't spend a lot of time, too much time around people. And obviously like being a musician that caters to, like this nightlife type of crowd and environment. So yeah, I'm around people when it comes to being performing on stage and like the parties that happen after that. But for the most part, I like right now I live alone. I'm the most comfortable when I'm alone. So when you, when it's, when it's about going from, uh, you know, for the listeners tuning in, like, when I moved to the Philippines, I joined a group, and I haven't talked about this for a while, but I joined a group called Bow Wow Clan, which is like a like an awesome hip-hop collective full mm -hmm. of rappers, producers, DJs, uh, graffiti artists, you know, videographers, photographers. We were like a massive multi-hip-hop multimedia collective. And so recently I had separated ways with Bow Wow Clan, uh, and yeah, now I'm going solo. I, I even had a different name. Like for the first three and a half years, I was going by Manila yeah. Money. And so this is even a big, the, probably one of the biggest challenges because I'm in my, I'm in my late thirties now. Like, I'm not sure if you know that, like for everyone tuning in, I'm 
it was hard for me to even say this for a while just because I was a little bit ashamed or embarrassed because I was getting old and still trying to do this. But then I accepted the fact like, yo, this is the life that I live. And uh, I get more and more confident to share my age and still, you know, making music, being in the world of hip hop when I watch other legendary hip hop artists. So the other day I was watching Mm Jay-Z. They they did a, a 35 minute mini documentary on the Reasonable Doubt album. And I think Tidal had put it together, um, the streaming platform. And when I looked at that, w- watched that, you know, cause a lot of the hip hop that you see now, it caters to the yeah, kids, yeah. right? So being in your mid to late thirties and still doing hip hop, you feel disconnected to like what's hot and what's popular now. So when I go to these OG heads who are older than me, and still about the music, then I remind myself like, oh, it's not like that I'm still trying to, it's not like I'm still trying to keep the dream alive. It's more about, I chose this life and I rap. You know what I mean? This is what what I do, right? And you can't take the years away from me now because like I had to count the years. I wrote a new biography the other day for myself and my website that's about to launch. And I'm like, wow, I've been doing this for 17 years. And I just started a brand new YouTube. Think about that. I've been rapping and on stage for 17 years. And I just started a new YouTube page where just yesterday I had 61 subscribers (laughs) being in the game 17 years. But for me, I was never afraid because this is all about the journey because it's not what I've learned too, especially being an OG head now in the millennial world where social media and numbers and engagement and likes is so huge that like no diss to the Philippines, but when I see these vloggers and people that are getting all this shine and attention with like six figures to a million yeah, yeah. Uh, followers and all this engagement left and right, I don't even like their contact content. Uh, content. Yeah, yeah. Excuse no, me. Content. Yeah, and it's it's a joke to me. So, of course, having all of that is going to help pay the bills and ke- help keep you afloat and help give you the attention that you deserve, right? If you're a hardworking artist. But pressing reset, starting and uh, basically going from my old name, which was Manila Money, to now February Bank. Yeah. Right. And just starting that now at the age of 38, I decided to rebrand in one of the most competitive industries there are out there, you know. So I was okay with that because what I wanted to do for myself moving forward is to make sure that I was 100 percent happy with the product. Right. And the product now is not just me as a person, but it's the music that I'm putting out the way that it sounds, the way that it makes me feel. And so what I've learned is that before I was making songs that would get popular or maybe get an attention, but but really behind closed doors, I didn't even like my own song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So now I'm at the point where I can listen to it and be like, yo, what I said, that's what I really meant. That's what I really felt. And so this music now that I'm making, now that I decided to change my name, like it's, I'm so proud of it because all along the way, think about this, 17 years in the game, at the age of 38, I am now releasing my first big project, mixtape, whatever you call it. I call it a mixtape, but it can be looked at as an album now, 
where I didn't release a big body of work like this all throughout my musical journey since I started backpacking. You know, I used to record, put my music on a CD, have a backpack, go to clubs, go to different events and try to sell my music for $5 on a blank CD where, you know, you take a Sharpie and you have your own <laughs> little message, oh, yeah. your handwriting. Yeah, man. Like I, I remember I those do. days, like streaming, streaming wasn't a yeah. thing. You know, but that's the journey. It was yeah, about that's your journey, so, man. I love it. Yeah, that's that's, that's fucking amazing. That's the journey. So, I it's hard because it does affect me. This is me being vulnerable when I think about my age. Yeah, right, it's like oh, 38. I gotta think about a family. I gotta think about having kids. I gotta think about my future. And I think about all of those things. It's just now the reason why I work so hard is that I, there's a part of me that wants to prove to especially my family, my parents and my immediate family and my close, close friends that I chose this and I've been in it for so long for a reason. And that reason is to be financially stable. Right. And so a lot of artists maybe might not talk about that because it's about being hot. It's about hitting those numbers. Yo, I got 100,000 views on my music video. Fuck all that shit. At the end of the day, you want to do it now to obviously get recognition because the recognition is what's going to help you get paid in the music industry, right? So I just want to build a good brand, do things from an honest place and have music that I really, really enjoy. I know that all of this shit's a risk, you know what I mean? Even though I'm talking so confident and like I have such an amazing journey, I'm like every other person out there that has doubts. I have doubts. I worry, you know, there are times where I'm like, oh shit, how's this going to work? There are times where I'm like, I don't know if I can live here in the Philippines. There are times where I'm like, maybe I should go back to LA because I gravitate more towards that kind of like that Hollywood prime time lifestyle you know i'm thinking about these things day in and day out and for for those people that don't know me and have seen me and have hated me and have judged me or never got the time to get to know me as a person like i'm here in the philippines trying to figure out who i am as a person and also feel go for reach for my dreams and also feel accepted because like i think what a lot of filipinos don't maybe care to think about is like us foreign filipinos it's it's hard for us to feel really comfortable that we're really a part of this country and guess what we're filipino yeah. right and i want to feel accepted i want to feel at home yeah and it's weird because of my experiences i felt more at home in the philippines when i first moved here than i do now which is four years later yeah. and i hope i hope that switches again I think it's because of how my path has been, the decisions I've made, the intense situations I've had, the hurt that I've dealt with, the friends that I've lost, Um, obviously all of the good experiences too, but maybe it's brought me to this point where I'm like, you know, the Philippines isn't feeling as welcoming as it it used to. So we'll we'll see, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to continue living in a place where I don't feel comfortable. Where I don't feel like it's home, but it is question marks because I'm sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going because this is going to lead me to like, okay, now we're going through a, a global pandemic where we're on a lockdown and people can't work and can't make money. And during this time, people are stressing out. So I'm living here in the Philippines, right? Being proud to be here in the Philippines where I was like, 
kind of not ashamed, but more proud to be in the Philippines than I was to be in America. Yeah. But now where, you know, like we're not making money. We can't leave the house. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen next. Like the America is here to help me out. Like, you know, yo, shout out the United States of America. Like I, I recently got 1200 us dollars. We're talking 60,000 pesos. Yeah. Right. In my bank account, because America's government wanted to just help out America, American citizens. Yeah. Keep in mind, it's 2020, right? And just to break it down, I haven't worked in, the, in America since, for American companies since 2016. I haven't filed my taxes since 2017. Yeah. And America, I still qualify to get this money that we're trying to help out. So, like, I'm here in the Philippines, and shame on you, Philippines, because I, I'm also a Pinoy citizen, mm -hmm. right? Made dual citizenship, yeah, yeah. Filipino, passport, U.S. passport. Mm -hmm. But are you telling me that during a global pandemic, when the president says that we have $270 billion to help out this situation, especially the people in this country, that this is what you're gonna give me? You're gonna give me fucking pads? You're gonna give me a, yeah. a canned corn beef? Yeah. And I got this two days ago, two and a half months into this pandemic where, yo, I'm grateful because I'm gonna end up giving this to somebody that needs yeah. it. So yes, thank you, Philippine government. You know what I mean? But it's like, come yeah, on. Yeah, I totally agree, bro. Come on. Like, why, is it, why am I feeling more proud to be American now in the Philippines, right? Because uh, you know the way that the system works here in the government, you're showing your true damn colors that you don't give a fuck about anybody. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of promises and a lot of that, this and that. But then the end of it, like even for our employees, it's been what, almost three months? And yet probably three of them got the allowance that they promised three months ago, and now they're getting it. And now they're yeah. saying, you know, they're looking to the private sectors to help their employees. It's like, what happened to that money? You know, again, it's, it's ridiculous. Like there's taxes and it just feels like it's not being run correctly. Um, and it's, it's frustrating because you're trying to keep the spirits of, of your employees, the ones you've been trying to motivate from the very beginning. And they're starting to lose faith in us as an, a company that we can't help. But, you know, we're a small business, so we can only do as much as we can. But you're right. Like, I, you know, my sister called me and she got like within 48 hours, they got 2000 in their account right away without any questions. Like, you know, she filed for it. Done. It's over Two, 48 hours. They got the money as employed as unemployed employees. It's like. Why, what you know again it is a first world country but still it can happen this way but it just i feel like they're waiting for somebody else to do it and that's kind of goes back to if you're going to do something do it yourself don't wait for it to happen like you know for you you made it happen i'm going to go back just a little bit with your age i i wanted to comment was it there is no time man like for me use me for example i'm 49 turning 50 in december like i'm an old 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 g and I made this change in my life five years ago, right? I gave everything up, my six-figure income five years ago and said, you know what? I'm going to take the leap and do it here in the Philippines. People might think that's crazy. 45 years old and you're just starting? I don't see it that way, man. This was the time for me to do it. This was the time. There's, I couldn't do it 10 years ago or 30 years. There, this is the time I was prepared to do it for you. Again, it all goes back to all the stuff that you did, man. And, and for, I don't focus on, on age anymore, man. Fuck age. If anything, you have another, you're, I don't know, you said you're late 30s. You probably have another 10 years to fuck up and still be ahead of me. 
I'm proving to people that I, I, I started new life and became an author of my, my own book at 45 years old. I gave up all that and I gave up a lot. I gave up seeing my two, two kids regularly because they still live in Toronto, which I love to death, but I have to do this. For you, you still have 10 to 15 years to fucking screw it all up and still have enough time to fucking hit it hard and do well and, and build your legacy, man. That's why there's no point in looking at age now, man, because you can do it at 17 years old. You can be a CEO. You can be a CEO at 55. You know what I mean? There's, there's no rules, bro. Um, but going back to the government shit, yeah, I, I have a lot to say about that. But, you know, like, like I said, I don't feel like I can because I'm a Phil can. I have dual citizenship also. I feel like if I say, it, oh, you're just being a fucking, uh, you know, a spoiled Canadian. Oh, you don't know the. Oh, no, trust me. I'm seeing it every fucking day when I see people have no money and they're giving me that package of, of, of stuff. We gave it to the security guards in the garden. Like, no, they should have it, not us. Like, why are you giving it to us? They're not, they're, they're not seeing the bigger picture. Why are they sending it to Akasha Estates, which is a very well-to-do neighborhood? They're giving these fucking packages of rice to us hello don't waste your time giving that to us they should have gave it to the to the families that really needed the most but they're not seeing it that way they're kind of like carpet bombing the solution oh let's see oh no one else is oh okay don't worry just just you know it's just it's so frustrating bro and it's it, yeah I, I i mean we can go on and on in this in this conversation about that but really it it is frustrating but what we can do is educate the people around us the closest to us like my employees and try to give them some hint of empowerment and no, let's take control of this. Let's get ahead of this. Let, like in our company, we're not playing survival mode. We're fucking playing offense now. Fuck that shit. I'm not waiting for the government. We're yeah. taking control of it. And this is what we're doing now. Same thing for you. I think telling that story through your art, that's people are going to listen to it. You have the ears of the generation of the local Filipino and that I can't, no matter how I yell out to the open and scream on podcast, whoever listens to podcasts, that's it. For you, your music fucking amplifies. And that's, that's the vision. That's why you were brought here at this point. Yeah, you might miss the States, but there's a bigger purpose for you to be here in the Philippines because you're needed more here than you are in the States. That's, that's how I see myself. I'm needed more here than I am in Canada. And for you, you're needed more here. Yeah, interesting for sure that's i find that real interesting i mean to hear that you know you you just at this moment reminded me ah okay okay that's why you know like i needed to hear that from you right now to, to give me that reminder that okay yeah there's 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 still that purpose here you know and i think um this is all about life and these types of experiences yeah. where you know, sometimes, sometimes you, you can't control it all. Or sometimes the, the, the motivation that you need is not going to come from within and it comes from an external source. Like in this situation, like I needed to hear that to remind myself. Yeah. yeah Chris, maybe, maybe you are needing you are. more. Maybe this is yeah. why you're too is. humble. That's the thing. You know? You're humble. The thing is that what you have to start admitting, this is my opinion that you are one of the chosen ones. You are one of the chosen ones. You had the freedom to choose wherever Yo, you want to live. You, you wow. can live in the States anytime you want to. You can pick up and leave as soon as this quarantine's over and leave. You have the freedom to do that because of the dual citizenship. But you have to accept and not be humble. And you are the chosen one. There's a purpose 
why you're here. You know what I mean? That's how I see the purpose for me is not to make a lot of money and fucking build a lot of companies and be rich and drive Lamborghinis. Fuck that shit. I don't want any of that shit. My purpose to, is empower the people that didn't have a chance to go to, the, to North America to have a better life, that they, they're still living the slum. Let's give them an opportunity. Let's teach them. But for me, what I'm so envious of you, you have a vehicle, bro. You have this vehicle and now you're speaking on your own terms. You're controlling the words that go out there because you're now going solo. You're not having to control, have the voices of the, the bow up or, you know, again, nothing against them. But now there's a purpose. That's why you think you chose to be solo. No, the universe chose you to be solo. Everything that's happening right now, you have been chosen to do this. And that's why it has nothing to do with your age or anything, man. It's the wisdom that you've obtained in how many years of doing this, 17 years, you said, this is it. This is your purpose, man. And people need to hear that passion that you just came out about the frustrations. Like I saw genuine fucking raw anger when you held up that bag. That's, that's, that's what people, the local Filipinos need to hear. That's, that's the vehicle, man. You have the vehicle, man. I love, I love that you've been chosen, man. I love it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. That's really, really awesome to hear. It really is, man. That hits me, hits me in a way that just, and you don't really hear it often. And if somebody like yourself and, you know, a Kuya older than me is looking at somebody like me and, and telling me these things like, yeah, like, Tuloy, tuloy yeah, yeah. Right? So keep you keep going, going. Yeah, you yeah. can't stop so, you cannot stop uh, i'm sorry but you cannot stop yeah I, I, i'm really i'm really excited because i know now like truthfully in my heart that this is the time out of all the years that i've been doing it like this is the time for me to excel like i needed all of that experience right? All of the hardships, all of the opportunities and blessings. I needed all of this whole package of the journey that was, that was created and given to me. I needed to be at this point now where I'm like, okay, this is my time, you know? So, so we'll see, because I want to, I want to look back at this, like this, this little talk we had on your, on your podcast a year from now and, and kind of see, cause even though we are in COVID and the, the music and entertainment world is kind of in this jeopardy along with other industries, mm -hmm. right? I still feel like there's something amazing that's gonna happen. What I've always dreamt about before I even started, like I'm gonna get even a better taste of this movie. Oh forward. man, there's still so, it's oh, hard yeah. for me. This fucking COVID quarantine, all this stuff we were talking about, those are invisible borders that doesn't exist. You as an entertainer, the way I see it, like look at Tiny Desk. Look how big that, I think that's what it's called, the Tiny Desk when they do the performance. That's huge. That's all online, man. And it's still being heard. Like music, your music doesn't have to be live to feel it, man. And that's, for me, I still get motivated when I go to the gym and I play, I play old school hip hop. I don't listen to the new stuff. I listen to the old stuff, man. And, and that gets me fired up. They're not live in front of me. I still get the goosebumps and I still can lift a lot of heavy weight if I have Jay-Z playing. You know what I mean? That's, that's just me. And that's with you is it's, it doesn't, this, this, it doesn't, there's no boundaries for you, bro. There's none. Like, you know, it is, is it in jeopardy? The question is, is music in jeopardy? I don't think so. I think this is an opportunity to fucking spread globally what you're trying to say.
Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I think when I said in jeopardy, it's really just about trying to deal with, it feels like we're all like in a limbo, <laughs> right? In a way. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Because yes, yes, I'm still working, I'm still hustling, I'm creating, you know, I got a piece of content that I've uploaded to YouTube as we were talking, so it's uploaded now that I'm going to release tomorrow. I can't so wait. I'm still putting out stuff. It's just we're limited when it comes to execution, right? And so a lot of the stuff that I do want to accomplish, yeah. it, it requires people to be able to get in a taxi cab and meet yeah. up and see each other face to face. Totally get it. At this current moment in time, we just don't know when we're going to be able to even have a face to face meeting. Yeah. So. I mean, we'll see. I have confidence. That's a whole yeah. subject. You have itself. impact. I just, you know, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. You have a lot of impact, and I'll tell you why. Okay, and this is it's again. It just happened. Me and my son. I have a, a eighteen year old son. I, I love him to death. He's just like my best friend. Um, but we never agree with music. He loves mumble rap and all that stuff. I, I'm, I can never get into it. Right. And the two artists that we yeah. can agree on is is uh, Biggie is one. He's like, okay, I'll give you props. He's good. And Jay-Z, those are the two. And Drake, he used to like him, not anymore. I sent him your music. Bro, I, I, I just recently heard your music and the ones three years ago, I think it was Liquid Poison and all that. I, I love it. Like I've never, I'm like, holy shit, this is a whole new genre I've never even heard before. It kind of reminded me of ASAP Rocky, kind of that whole ASAP group. Something about it, that experimental music, that, that beat. My son loves it. And it's the first time, like three Jay-Z, Biggie, and now you, we agree on, of music. We've never agreed on music yeah. except those. And you've actually impacted him. Now he wants to listen to your album wow. when it gets wow. dropped. And like, this is an 18-year-old kid, man, who in Toronto. This is a Toronto kid. Isn't He's Toronto. not even in the Philippines. He doesn't have, he can't come in on a taxi and meet face-to-face -to, -face to you, but yet you've made an impact that he goes, dad, tell me when his music, can you send it to me? I'm like, fucking yeah, I will. That, I've never heard him say that. We've never ever agreed on music aside to those two artists, yeah, except you. You were the third one, third one that agreed. Like you were the, we all, we have an agreement. So it's like, whoa, did this just happen? And I wanted to tell you that earlier, but I think this was the perfect time to tell you when it comes to impact, you've made an impact on an eight year old kid from Toronto, from the T dot to six, that your music. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what to say. Obviously, the more compliments I get, the more humble, humbled I feel. Like, sometimes it's just kind of weird to, especially if it's older music and something that you feel like it's not, I mean, that's still me. That was me a while ago, but, you you know, you kind of grow up as an artist. So when you mention these songs, like these older songs, yeah. um, like, like Liquid Poison and somebody else liking that, you know, like, for me, it's almost like I would rather have your son like it than you. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. That's that's really cool. Like I I, I told you. You know where I'm. Like, yeah. Like I played. It. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Eighteen year old liked it. All right. Cool. Yeah. Then, you know I must be doing something. And he loves <laughs> he loves hip hop. Like he's one of those kids that yeah. never like you know he didn't really take school seriously. Like just kind of like me. I've like I I hated you know high school. I just did it for sports and stuff. Uh, and getting him to do homework was like always a task and a chore. And he goes, oh, I just can't remember what they're teaching. But yet, play a freaking hip hop song that he loves. He knows the words perfectly. I'm like, uh, I don't think you have a problem with memorization. You can fucking, you know, every song to Drake's song or Biggie song, whatever, or all the other mumble raps that he listens to. 
So yes, you've impacted him because he's such a hip hop head. Like he loves that. So for me, I mean, I thank you for it, but I mean, I guarantee when he comes to well, visit, you know, he'll want to meet you and see you live. What's your, what's your, sorry to cut you off. What's your son's Aiden. name? Aiden. Yeah, well, yo, tell Aiden, or if he ever listens, yo, Aiden, what's up, man? I appreciate you. Uh, hope I get to meet you someday, but uh, hold it down over there in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, man, that's a great story. Yeah, Thanks. No, I mean, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Sometimes even like as you're telling me that, you know, like it's weird. I don't know what it is in me. Like when you tell me that, like I don't really even really believe it. What he liked yeah. it? Come on, that can't be. That's true. you being creative, though. But, that's that's uh, a creative like, side yeah, of you. That's the creative side of you. Yeah. Right. You're never you're never gonna be the biggest yeah. fan of your stuff. Like you are probably the most critical mm -hmm. of yourself. But that that's the fire that you need to con continue creating, right? And to hear this, it probably it does surprise you all the time. But that keeps you going, man. Like, if imagine if you knew, oh, they're gonna like it. You're not gonna, you're not gonna make the music that you're gonna make because you're like, yeah, I'm gonna put whatever I want. I don't give a shit, right? But you're just like, oh man, wow. So your impact is definitely heard during this coronavirus. Not even being in live person, man. So like, I'm excited. Like, I know there's, you know, there's some talks. I was talking to Victoria about July. There's a big date on July about your stuff, man. So I'm excited for that. You know, that's hopefully and that big date, that big date is going to be my four and four year anniversary oh, here. Man, so I, I thought, why, why not release, why not release it on, on that day? Right. Cause you know, four years ago, that's the specific day that I moved to the Philippines. So, um, I, yeah, then that's July 6th. Uh, I'm coming out with a release and it's called Badui. It's a, it's a mixtape <laughs> with eight tracks. Oh, I can't wait, bro. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to put it out there. Like, cause the song I have out now, like that I put out from this mixtape is called by virus yeah. and it's on YouTube or Spotify. But the only reason I released that song wasn't because I thought it was going to be the best song or the song that was going to get me the most like attention and, and buzz before the drop of the album. Yeah. But it was more because it was relatable. I'm like, you know what? This song's about my experience during the lockdown and with coronavirus uh, and the global pandemic. Like, if I hold this song and keep it a secret, the relevancy is probably not going to be the same. The impact's not going to be the same. So I had to make that judgment call, even though I wanted to keep this mixtape in a secret until it all was yeah. out. I say, you know what? Let me just put it out now because now, for for people who are just starting to follow me or notice that I changed my name, they're, they're going to look at that. And I wanted them to see like, yo, Chris isn't really just trying to come out and be a showboat and, and, you know, like come out, come out the wrong way. I wanted to come out with something that everybody could, could buy, yeah. whether they like the song or not, the topic is yeah, relatable. Yeah. So okay, quick, while you're at it, I felt now that I look, now that I look at it, I'm like, oh, that was the mature, thing to do is to release this yeah. song while we were on lockdown, during the virus you know? so why quick question and again i don't know if it's a personal question about the name change to february bank why why that name if you can tell if you can speak to it yeah sure so um so i was going by manila money and like i for those that are listening to the podcast like i was in california i thought about quitting 
wanted to come to the Philippines, but just didn't know how it was going to happen. I had renamed myself because before that experience, I went by Black Illumin, yeah. right? And that was my name in Korea. And people in Korea, that scene, they know me as that yeah. artist. So I had, when I moved to California, wanting to move to the Philippines, I had already changed my name to Manila Money. Why? It was more like, yo, I want to move to Manila and I want to make money. That, that was kind of like the, the statement that was in my head that solidified that yeah. name. So when I moved to the Philippines, I was known as Manila Money. And then after about three and a half years of being here, I, I really just felt disconnected to my name. And, you know, I, I didn't want to like push it aside or just lie to myself or just stick with something that didn't feel like it was me anymore. And a lot of people wouldn't take make that choice, especially if you build a following under one mm -hmm. name or your social media profiles are under one name, YouTube's under one name, your, your fans call you a name. And then, but for me, it was like, well, I shouldn't care about that. Like if I want to move forward properly, I need to make a change now. And it was really about energetically. I would look at the symbols in my name. I would look at just by looking at my name and I'm like, this doesn't represent me anymore. Yeah. Like this was just, this was just, it's like when you're an actor and you play different characters in a film or, you know what I mean? Like if you are a part of a book and like you just develop as a person throughout the book, like you just change and that's normal. So like, I felt like it was normal to change my name again. So when it went to February, the cool thing about February is I had changed my name in February where I decided. So we all know like when it comes to picking a name sometimes that's the hardest thing mm -hmm. if you create a company yep. or a podcast that the name that you want to go with yep. might hold you back. Oh, yeah, absolutely you know what i mean yeah right but so what you got to learn and you know i heard this from gary v the other day was like yo fuck the name and just start executing start building the plan mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. that name will eventually come so yeah, in February, like it was just, it came and I'm an Aquarius. I'm a February birthday boy. February 5th is my birthday. So, and I've always liked the way that it looks, yeah. right? Like, and it's a unique month. And I think February, it's the month that's the shortest. <laughs> so it's like, it stands alone from the other month. And also because I'm a romantic, you know what Valentine's I mean? Yeah. A, just a lovey, lovey. <laughs> Valentine's Day. And, and I'm an Aquarius and my birthday's in February. So I'm like, yo, February is, is that's kind of a cool name. And Bank is really, really random. Because like when I recorded my first song on this album, this mixtape, the Baudouin mixtape that's about to come out, in the recording booth before I started my rap, I was like, uh, Bank. And I said, Bank. <laughs> and so I ran with that expression. And so I'm like, I ran with the expression like, oh, bank, oh, February bank. Oh, okay, cool. That sounds cool. So it, it, it sounded good to me where I looked at it and I was like, you know what? This kind of reminds me of a, a younger Ivy League school kid, like that went to Harvard, had the suspenders, <laughs> like the comb over yeah. hair. So for some reason, when I see February bank, it reminds, that's the image that comes in my head where I'm like, okay, maybe this is bringing me back to my, my youthfulness and like, you know, the educated side. So it was something that I rolled with, but bank, the, I created an acronym after I chose. It's funny how you're piecing together the meanings of yeah. the name when you decide on it. Yeah. So bank 
it's B-A-N-K. So as an acronym, I created this, this statement that says, because aliens never knew. <laughs> and that's really just like this for bank, right? And so like, that's just a statement of, yo, as humans, superhumans, humanoids, X-Men, whatever it is that you want to call us, like, there are these, like, you know, in a fantasy world or a comic book world, like the aliens never knew that we possess this kind of out of space mentality, this intergalactic mentality, this out of this world mentality, yeah. right? So uh, bank is, uh, you know, there's a slogan for bank is because the yeah, aliens yeah. never knew. And so that's February bank for Bro. you. Oh, my God. This is, you know, I, I, this interview, I can, I'm so happy I got to to interview you because again i saw you at the refine that one night I'm happy. I'm, you know i'm happy too man i'm really thankful it's, for this it's amazing but keep going no it just it just it amazing because the one the person that i saw at the refine is exactly what i thought you were just by yourself in the corner practicing your your art you were still back then manila money but i didn't know your name i actually didn't yeah. really know your name like i said it was late at night at the refine and but just seeing who, like how deep you are, the one thing, I, the takeaway is that you've lived your life authentically and you had no choice to live it authentically. You've it always been a battle for you. As soon as it felt wrong, you changed it. And for me, that is the purpose of this podcast is to have more people like you. So people that are questioning themselves, they hear this and the things that you've sacrificed this and it all comes down to be authentically you. That's it. That's it's not about the money. It's not about the bank or all, all that stuff. It's not about that. It's it's living authentically yourself. And no matter where your journey goes, man, it's inspiring. The takeaway is how authentic you are. And that's, I think, for you to be vulnerable and accepting that and not being so humble about it, that is your power. That's your superpower moving forward with your journey. And I'm excited, man, bro. I'm so excited when Victoria said to, you know, wanted to meet you. I'm, you know, we're going to, I want to re release this interview sooner by Saturday and I'm going to push something ahead and get, because awesome. I think what you're, you're showing, I want people to hear it, man. I want people to question at this time right now during the quarantine is to question. You have an opportunity to reset. You just reset it. You reset it at a late age of late thirties and you have no excuses. You're doing it scared, whatever it is, you're questioning it. It doesn't matter. You still did it. I want your list, your fans and your listeners and your new fans to hear this coming from you, man. Nobody can expect that. Like when I see you, I think this confident dude that nothing can stop him. But you have this vulnerability, but that that's empowering. And I love hearing that. I, you know, getting to you know, know you more. It's like, I want to know you more. Like this is the longest, I think one of the longest podcast interviews I've ever had because it's so fascinating, bro, what's in your head it's and it's 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 inspiring man so oh man so i want to thank you bro that like is, thank you so much and i think i i you know this is really important to get this message out what you're doing and i can't wait to release this podcast out this this one is going to go out earlier than normal because of what the, the the vulnerability that you had in your voice and the story and like i said that manila on the whiteboard was chills chills and that it said it all yeah. it said it all Man. And then for, for me to take it, you know, out like when we look at what it is we're doing as men and as now 
associates and fr yeah, friends, yeah, right? Man. Just based on like what we experience right now, it's cool to hear you compliment me in this way because it also puts me, I keep getting humbled. Like it puts me in this place where I'm like, damn, like I'm, I'm not trying to put on this act when I'm telling these stories. Like I, there's a lot of stuff in my heart and in my mind that's just built up. So when I'm able to just share these yeah. things, whether it's good, bad, whatever, however you want to take it. And for you to have something like you have this platform where you've created something, you're an artist yourself, like you said, and this is your product. You created this podcast and to hear it in your voice where it's like, yo, what we created, both you and I, the dynamic and the energy that we created here, it inspires you to put out this episode even sooner than you had planned. And like, for me, that's like, I was just, I just was shaking my head because it was so beautiful to hear you like, to hear that you are proud of what we, we what we're doing mm -hmm. right now. You're proud of the things that were said. So like, it's, it's so cool, man, to like experience that. Cause now I feel like, I feel like I did a good, a good job to where this is probably going to move you forward with this podcast with like a different type of energy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I thank you for the opportunity. Like, I wish you the best. I'm here to come back oh, on man. the podcast. Yeah. I'm going to have you back on. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely have you on. I'm going to have a group of people on again. We are responsible for what, why we're here. We yeah. are responsible and we have to take responsibility for it. And we're chosen. I've been chosen. You've been chosen. I spoke to, uh, I think a mutual friend in the res he's been chosen. There's a lot of us have been chosen, man. And we need to start being not so humble and, and helping spread that message out, man. So we, you're, this is not the last time, man. I guarantee we're going to do more of these conversations because your words are powerful. And you knew that. You knew that 17 years ago. You knew that when you went on stage for the first time. You knew that when you fucking put the pen on paper. You knew that your words are, are powerful. Now, this is it. This is your time, man. So we got, we, you got to do it. Yeah. For sure, man. And uh, yeah, we'll see how, how things play out for sure. I mean, that's kind of another yeah. thing that's exciting. You just don't that's know. Ex that's you exciting, know. Part. That's the exciting part, man. If we knew... If we knew the ending of every fucking movie, it's not going to be a good movie. I, I don't want to know the ending of fucking seven. I want, I love that movie because of the ending, right? And I'm not going to ruin for anybody, but it's the ending. If I knew it, I wouldn't watch that fucking movie with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Same thing with life, man. I don't want to know the ending of this. I don't want to know the ending of your, you know, your, when you drop in July 6th. This is, we have to experience yeah. it, man. But yeah, man. Thank you, oh, bro, man. Thank you so much, man. Like today, today's Tuesday. I'm now fired up for my next meeting and more stuff because I know I'm not alone in this fucking journey, man. I have a brother like you that's doing the same grind and hustle and, and do and living authentically our lives. So, man, thank you so much for being on all in, man. I really appreciate it. And when we have Refine open up, man, anytime you want to swing by, we're going to have the podcast live there and we'll keep on doing this, bro. Nice. All right. Nice. You gotta um was that you? Did we connect yesterday on was that you uh who connected with me on? Instagram? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's me. That's me, a refined guy. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna message you after this just to get like uh all the information. Awesome. Just so we're not putting all the personal information on <laughs> exactly. But uh yeah, I mean I'll definitely see you soon. You know, the 
Refine, I've been there a few times. Uh, you know, I just want to shout him out real quick because I'm going to make him listen to it. But shout out my brother, Chef oh, Easy. Oh, bro, I missed uh, that, bro. Amazon. I missed that, bro. That, uh, uh, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's back in Sacramento, California now. Um, you know, he's with his family. But uh, he, I think maybe he has plans to come back later on. But uh, it's, it's funny because that's how we met. And that's my brother. Like, we never knew each other in California. We met here in the Philippines. And... You know, I, I hold them uh, very, very close to my heart. Like, that's one person that if I was to move away from the Philippines in the future, yeah. like, I'm going to remember. Yeah. That's the one guy I remember. Yeah, he's awesome, man. You know, so shout out. Yeah, you. he's amazing. I, I've had many hours of conversation with him also. And, you know, and I think, you know, we, we have a small family. All we are kind of all our networks kind of overlap. And I'm starting to hear that that all the people that we know is the same people. So, I mean, Philippines is a small place, but this is the time learning in this quarantine, we have to get together, man. And we have to start using our knowledge and our networks to kind of uplift, you know, the people of the Philippines, bro. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey yo, easy. Since this is recorded, <laughs> you're going to get to this part. I told you to listen to the end because I was going to shout you out. Nice. <laughs> and I'm going to get him on the, I'm going to get him on this podcast too. Cause we, people need to hear his story too, bro. I'm going to get him on. Like, once this comes out, I'll be like, yo, you got to listen to the podcast. Yo, I shouted you out. I'm not going to tell you when, but I shouted <laughs> you out. And, and I'm a, we're going to for sure get one listener. To listen to the end. I love it, brother. Have an amazing day today, man. <laughs> Have a fucking awesome day today. And we will definitely we'll talk again. Yeah, sounds good, brother. All right, man. Talk to you soon, bro. Stay safe. And yeah, looking forward to let's sit down and have some food once uh, we definitely, can. Definitely, you know? bro. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to All In, a podcast brought to you by The Refined, a gentleman's lifestyle experience. Visit therefinedlounge.com for more details.